the Center for Theological Integrity. This is the pastor's table. Today's church leaders are weary and burnt out from trying to lead in the machine of corporate leadership systems. The pastor's table brings you conversations with local pastors working out deep theological convictions in their churches. Here are your hosts, Reverend Tara Beth Leach and Dr. Mark Quanstrom. Welcome to the pastor's table. I'm Mark Quanstrom. And I'm Tara Beth Leach, and we are continuing this conversation on incarnation and what that means for our everyday lives, how that shapes ministry. Uh, we've been spending several episodes talking about incarnation and incarnational ministry. In last episode, we welcomed uh, Reverend Rob Prince, who is a pastor in Flint, Michigan, uh, is an author. And as I mentioned, their last episode has been a champion for me and other women in ministry, and I am immensely grateful for that. In, in our last episode, he shared very candidly and vulnerably about his journey um, with chronic pain and how God has given him. I, I was just struck by how open he is to the grace of God that sustains him. Um, it seemed that every sentence he followed it up with, I, I don't know, but I'm just trusting that God is going to sustain me um, and that when the next flare hits, somehow I'm, I'm going to cling to that reality that God is with me and that God will get me through this. So, so Rob and Carla are a pastor and pastor's wife uh, in Flint, Michigan, um, a city much in need of an actively redemptive church. Uh, and Rob, is, Rob and Carla are doing great work through Flint Central in the city of Flint. As he mentioned at the end of the last podcast, he feels that this is exactly where he's supposed to be. He's glad to be there in a city so in desperate need of good news. Uh, but uh, Rob also takes uh, personally the call to uh, tend to God's people in uh, very specific ways. Uh I did not know this, but in conversation with Rob talking about uh, the podcast, he mentioned to me that he and Carla have invited into their home a friend. And I think this is also um, emblematic of what it means to follow Christ. And so I'd like Rob to tell us the story of why he's invited a friend into their home to live with them. Well, um, we have a lady in our church, single lady, um, who at... 54 years old, uh, found out she had terminal ovarian cancer. Um, she was given three to six months to live. Um, that was a little over four years ago. Um, a year and a half ago, a year and four months ago, her doctor told her that she sh shouldn't be alone. Um, she does have family, but they haven't always been super involved in her life. And Lisa is a wonderful Christian lady, but she, she didn't have any place. Now, I will say before that, um, when she would receive her chemo treatments, so once every three or four weeks, is she would stay with us um, because she was sick and my wife would, would care for her. And so when her doctor said she shouldn't live alone, it just was natural that Lisa would come and, and live with us. And... Um, it seemed natural that she should come and live with you. I, I will say that Lisa coming to live with us was 100% uh, my wife and Lisa 
And they just said, hey, how about if Lisa comes and stays here? And so we had room. We, we had nice accommodations for her. And so it just made sense. Um, and for the first uh, year, maybe even, the first 11 months, Lisa had cancer. And the way you would know is that she was bald um, and, and she was, was struggling at times. The week she had chemo was really bad. Um, but you wouldn't know her. Lisa, Lisa loves the Lord. And she, she would, even in her chemo state and bald head, she'd go out and help during, during COVID. We gave out like tons of food and she was one of the hardest workers out there, even though she was struggling. Um, now the last, she's been in hospice care for about the last four months. And so it's getting, um, uh, she sleeps more. She eats less. She's very inactive. Um, but she has still been a huge blessing. Uh, we were just away. She had, she really didn't have a, a, a great relationship with their mom. Her mom, uh, in the 14 months we're here, only called her a handful of times, um, had never visited. And so my wife asked her, cause we are getting close to the end for Lisa. Um, asked her if there was anyone she needed to talk to. And Lisa indicated her mom and her brother. And, and so while we were gone this last week, her mom and brother came by. Um, and it was very healing. The people who are here giving care, because while we were gone, some people from the church came and stayed with Lisa. And it was a healing time. Lisa could, could talk to them and, and share with them. And that was great. Today, just today, enough, another nephew of hers that had never been here, I had never met him, um, came by and Lisa, Lisa gave him a Bible. Um, just because uh, she wants nothing more than her family to know the Lord. And, and I honestly believe that's part of the reason why she's lived these four years, well past her life expectancy because she so wants to demonstrate um, the love of Christ to them. And so I get a little emotional because we didn't, we didn't know what we were getting into. Let me say that, you know, when she came in to live with us, uh, it was, uh, we didn't know, we've never done this before. We've never had anyone come and stay with us. Um, you know, I've always viewed our house as our, you know, sanctuary. And, and this is, and we'll, we may never do it again, but um, we believe that this was what the Lord wanted for us. We also believe that if we are going to be people of life, that's not simply for uh, unborn or, or babies, that is giving dignity at the end of life. And, and it's been a great um, experience in that. And I will also say it's been a great, you know, people in our church, they know Lisa because she is very demonstrative in her praise for the Lord. Now, she hasn't been able to be in church probably the last six or eight weeks um, because of how, how serious it's progressed. But they know Lisa, and they know that Lisa is living with us. They know she's not family. They know that 
that, you know, uh, uh, she's not. Lisa never had a job that paid more than thirteen fifty an hour. She's she's was a cashier at Kroger. Um, she she didn't have she didn't have anything, um, and so they know that she's just come in, and it's been a, it has been a good witness to the church on how we treat our brothers and sisters in Christ. That wasn't our goal or intention, but that's certainly been one of the outcomes. Rob, it is, it's hard for me to wrap my brain around this, um, mainly because I know in anyone who has walked with someone through the cancer journey knows how excruciating this is. And so I am completely struck that you've welcomed, I mean, she wasn't a stranger, but in your home, it feels like that at first. And, um, you know, I, I left a pastoral role in Pasadena to move back and care for my 60-year-old father, um, who had stage four stomach cancer. And I, to this day, it is the most excruciating event in my life. Um, I just remember thinking I left sunny Pasadena to carrying my father's brittle body at times to take a bath, to go to the bathroom. And I'm, I'm just, I'm so struck at this moment also that, again, today we're still recording on Ash Wednesday, and everything's kind of coming back for me. Um, you know, it was the day before Ash Wednesday three years ago that my father got his this terminal diagnosis. It was a year later that the doctors told my dad that there was nothing left they could do um, on Ash Wednesday, and my father went to Mark's church, um, who's here, Pastor Mark Quanstrom. Mm. And Mark marked my father's forehead, forehead with ashes. And I have a photo of Mark with his hands on my dad praying for him. And it's just, I mean, when you walk with someone with cancer, um, it is just unbelievably excruciating because that reminder that our bodies are decaying is in our face every moment. And my dad was 64 when he started this journey, just way too young. And, and so this day, you know, has a particular meaning mm. to me. And to hear how God has not only given you grace to minister with chronic pain, but now to be reminded of of that our bodies are failing every day as now as you are caring for Lisa in this way, I am just struck by the grace and the goodness of God alive in you because that is some of the hardest work for someone to endure is to care for and come along. And I know that Carla's doing it with you, and I'm just so thankful to hear the testimony of Lisa, but 
talk about incarnational ministry and presence. Um, and that's the everyday reality, even of pastors. I, I still have a photo of you, Mark, praying over my father on Ash Wednesday. And you ministered to my dad and my mom on that day. is such a privilege to uh, be there with your mom and dad. And he knew at that time that it was terminal and we did not know how many weeks or months he had left. And um, those really are uh, sacred moments. Yeah. Those really are some of the holiest moments when we are uh, with the most vulnerable. Um, I mean, your dad... In that service, celebrated, sang, praised, testified, while he knew he was dying of cancer. Yeah. Um. It he was the witness that evening. Yeah. Of the truth of the gospel, and the power of the gospel over against death. Because he knew that death was not going to be the last word. It, I'll never forget that evening. No. I took a picture of your folks yeah. in the service that yeah. night. Um, I still have it. Yeah. So that's the power of the gospel. We're not afraid to enter into those dark places. We're not afraid to be with those who are suffering. And I think I said in an earlier podcast, the character of a church is revealed in how they tend to the least, the most vulnerable, whether they're willing to be in the valley of the shadow of death. But you have invited it into your home. And you knew you were, well, I don't know when you invited her in, if you knew you were going to lose her, but you were willing to suffer the loss for the sake of her care. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, um, we invited her in. 99.9% .9 of her care falls on Carla. Um, Carla has been a huge example to me. Maybe we've been as a couple to our church, but Carla has to me because Carla's the one that every night rubs down her legs when she's in pain. Um, you know, sleeps in her room. Um, has just gone, has shown me what um, caring for the least of these is all about. It's not easy. I wish I could say it's easy. It's not easy. You know, um, we've had, and, and some of our church folks have been great. Well, we were just gone and people from the church came in and because Lisa needs 24-7 care now. So people from the church have come in and people from the church uh, have spent the night just so Carla can sleep. You know, Lisa's very private. She doesn't want me in there, um, you know, rubbing down her legs. That's got to be Carla's job. And so other ladies have come and spent the night. Uh, people from the church have come. Last week was Lisa's birthday. Two weeks ago was Lisa's birthday. And they came and 
had uh, a little sinkspiration in our in our living room. And Lisa, you know, she can't do much anymore. She's clapping her hands and just mouthing the words. It speaks to a faith that it's deep and real, that cancer can't rob. And her faithfulness, again and again, when, honestly, she's had such a hard life. Um, her family has not always been there for her. Her one brother has, um, to the best that he could, but, but the rest of her family has, has not. And it's been her church family who have loved her, cared for her. And this last year, you know, as, as sick as she's been, it's been one of the best years of her life. She would tell you that, you know, she's just before Christmas, the doctor said, you, you know, you're, you're, there's, you're in, in hospice care. There's, there's nothing more we can do. You've got maybe six weeks to travel. And so she wanted to put her feet in the ocean one last time. So her and Carla flew down to Florida. Christmas is busy time for us, but they took, you know, three days just down there so she could put her feet in the ocean and back. Um, just again, to just, um, be the family of God to her. It's, it's 99% Carla. I'm just along for the ride. And, and it's, it's been a, it has been, it's been a great, a witness to me. It's been a witness to our church. Lisa's faithfulness is evident to anyone who sees her and knows her. So this is the gospel. Um, being uh, enfleshed witnesses to the to the love of God to one person at a time, and thousands of pastors, tens of thousands of pastors are doing it every week without recognition, without acclaim, tending to people in nursing homes, um, tending to loved ones who are suffering. But this is the work. This is the work. Um, this is what it means to be present um, as pastors. Yes. It's something that can't compete by a long shot with simulcasting and live right. stream. right bigger platforms, bigger stages. Right. Uh, this is the real this is the real work that we are invited into as pastors. And this is the these become the holiest places. There yeah. is no no more place there's no place more holy than the than Lisa Mouthing praise songs with yeah. your church. That was as holy a place in this world as ever has been. Right? It's beautiful, really. It's it's it is the gospel, and it's she would testify of while she's nervous, she doesn't know what the future holds. You know, she doesn't want to suffer, um, but she also knows the deep presence of the Lord, and and it's been and it's been a wonderful witness for that. And you have been a witness to everyone who hears this podcast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
uh, we didn't really know it was going to go this direction. Mm-mm-mm. Um, I don't know that we need to apologize for how real it got. I didn't know it was going to be reaching for Kleenexes. But um, we want this podcast to be affirming mm-hmm. of every pa- pastor who does the work of the Lord in the unseen spaces. In the unseen spaces. Um, not at the conference platforms. Right. Not always in the book deals. Right. Um, it's the hidden spaces. It's, you know, Shane Claiborne often talks about that the seeds have got the gospel. That's where it's planted. The seeds of the gospel are planted in the unseen spaces. Um, he talks about the dining room tables and the family rooms. And right. I will add at the bedside right. of those suffering from cancer. Um, at the bedside of rubbing one's legs down right, uh, and bears witness to a God who became flesh, who entered into the limitations of the human experience, understands them, became like us. And when we remember that, when we cling to that, we suddenly remember that we are in no way alone in our suffering. And not only that, as pastors, when we, when we go to the bedsides of those suffering and the unseen spaces and the places that the world doesn't often find out about, it's there that we are bearing witness to the suffering of the love and the presence of God in their pain and in their suffering. So thank you for listening today. Uh, Rob, thank you for sharing um, your personal story and uh, this very special story of your friendship with Lisa and your grace and kindness to her. Her testimony will be that uh, Jesus looked like Rob and Carla. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for that. We just want to be faithful. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, last last podcast is as on migraines and this dealing and walking with with a friend um down this path it's saying lord just wherever you've got me use me let me be faithful uh let me be the person that you have called me to be amen and may god bless you and sustain you and that rob uh thank you so much for joining us and um i pray for rob regularly and uh our listeners will be praying for you mm-hmm. so you will be sustained by the prayers of the people of god rob mm-hmm. as you continue to follow after your lord mm-hmm. thank you for joining us on this podcast um we will continue to be interviewing pastors who are doing remarkable work in uh, quiet places and again the point is to encourage every pastor who is serving where God has called them to serve. That's right. And friends, uh, thanks for listening. If if this conversation blessed you, would you consider subscribing to the podcast or, or sharing it with someone who you know that they might be blessed or encouraged or strengthened by this? Because that's what we're trying to do. We, we're trying to edify, encourage, strengthen pastors. So, so share. And hey, if you want to join the conversation, Uh, Go to thepastorstable.com. There is a place in there that um, you can write a note to us, ask some questions, um, make a note about things that you would like us to unpack a little bit more. We would love to hear you. 
And so to all the pastors out there on the front lines and the unseen spaces, to all the pastors who are at the bedside of those suffering from cancer, from the sick, to all the pastors who are dealing with chronic pain, uh, to all the pastors wondering if they can even make it another day, please know that God sees you. God sees you, is with you. And we pray and hope that God would sustain you with the gifts and the graces needed to go just another day and take another faithful step.